Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the We Believe Do You Paranormal Podcast. I'm Eric. And I'm Michelle. And today we have stories of high strangeness. Before we go. Oh. I was oh, going to say that. Now I was going to say before we get started, because I have uh, something, but you, you go ahead. All right. Um, so actually it was uh, something that Ruth, she text, no, she was going to text me, but then she called me and she was like, Hey, uh, so something happened. And I was like, oh, sounds Uh-oh. like Michelle's going to have to go do another cleansing. Oh, no. Um, <clears throat> but apparently she was telling me that they were getting ready for bed. And she was already laying down. Fluffy was in bed there with that, uh, with her, you know, just being fluffy. Mm-hmm. And uh, dad was in the chair that they have next to the bed. Mm-hmm. I think looking at something on his computer or something like that. But he was in the room. So they were all in the room, all within, you know, visible, like all visible to each other. And um, Ruth was telling me that all of a sudden they see the light in the bathroom come on. So they have these little lights in the bathroom that I thought that they they came on with. Um, when it gets dark. Yeah, when it gets dark. Yeah. But uh, she was telling me that the one in their bathroom comes on with motion. So it only turns on when, like, some when somebody walks past it. Yeah. So she said that they were in the room, and I don't remember if she said the door was like fully closed or if it was kind of open, but she said that they saw the light come on. Yeah. On its own. But she said that nobody walked in there. Yeah. Because, you know, she was in bed, dad was over there next to the bed, and Fluffy was in the in the bed with her too so it's not like anybody could have walked in there i'm just gonna not anybody that they could see anyway i'm just gonna blame it on a roach since my ghost is a roach yeah guess maybe it was a roach (laughs) maybe a very very big roach yeah hey i could hear the pitter patter of the roach on my floor so it's possible um but no that's i mean because you're like oh no one walked by and i was gonna say or did they? You just couldn't see them. Yeah. But that's, yeah, that's unnerving. Uh, I don't know. I, because it, it's tough. Like, yeah, totally, like, do a cleansing kind of thing. But, like, what if it is just kind of grandma walking around? Like, we don't necessarily want to banish her. Yeah. Um, or yeah, her, so. Or her dad. Or her dad. Yeah, that's true, too. Yeah. I mean, I guess it it was kind of like when we had um, Logan and Nicole on with like with that lady where like, no, no, yeah, like she's fine. Like she can stay like she's she's a good ghost kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like as long as it's nothing like where it's messing with them or yeah. like hurting them or, you know, scaring them, pulling hair, you know, things like that, like then it might be fine. I mean, and then even then. Sometimes, like, the scratches and the hair pulling are just, like, the spirits trying to get your attention because they have something to say. But, yeah. yeah. No, I, guess. I mean, and then I think this is this could be just power of suggestion or whatever. But, like, I had left the house and I walked back in and I could have sworn I saw somebody out of the corner of my eye standing in uh, that hallway again. But, mm. again, I think it, it could just be, power, like, suggestion because I know that. She told me that that happened, so now I'm just kind of 
thinking about well, yeah. it. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So, but yeah. So that's one little thing. Can't, now can't you wait go. to. Oh, I was going to say, uh, can't wait to stay there on Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you can say for sure yeah. what you, what you, if you feel like you see anything. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Well, maybe I'll just cleanse before I even stay the night just to. Right. Make sure everything's good. I mean, honestly, last time I went, I had taken my Florida water and the entire bottle spilled in grandma's room. So I'm like, all right, well, this place is cleansed. That's because <laughs> the entire body spilled or a bottle spilled. Um, but yeah, we'll do something about it. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my thing was, I don't know if you saw that uh, Mexico. Oh, dude. I was, that's, what, that's my other thing that I was going to bring up. Uh yeah, they yeah these uh apparently ET is Mexican. Uh, but no, did you did you see what they lo- okay? Well, actually, sorry for if you guys haven't heard. Um, yeah, the self proclaimed UFO expert uh allegedly or showed some alleged aliens uh to Mexico's Congress, and I actually have the the article pulled up. You want me to kind of read it a little bit, just so yeah, everyone just kinda, real quick. Okay. I felt like I felt like uh Mexico saw the U.S.'s hearings and were like hold my beer and they're like yeah. we got we got to one up you guys <laughs> we got bodies <laughs> let's see uh so it says mexican journalist and self-proclaimed ufologist presented what he said were a thousand year old non-human corpses to mexico's congress unveiling two scrawny cartoon-like bodies during a hearing on tuesday mm-hmm. This is the first time extraterrestrial life is presented in such a form, and I think there is a, a clear demonstration that we are dealing with non-human species that are not related to any other species in our world. Jaime Mosan told lawmakers speaking under oath, we are not alone. The tiny alleged aliens, which lay in two boxes during the hearing, are likely about a thousand years old, according to analysis conducted by the National Autonomous University of Mexico, he said. The bodies were recovered underground in Peru in 2017 and found wrapped in algae, which helped preserve them, he said. The figures looked uh, like E.T., like I said, uh, the fictional movie Alien. They were both white with enlarged heads, three fingers per hand, and long skinny limbs. These are not mummies, he said. Uh, These are complete bodies that have not been manipulated. The hearing was the country's first on the topic of UAPs, short for Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon, better known as UFOs or Unidentified Flying Objects to the public. Forensic expert and military doctor Jose de Jesus Zalce Benitez then presented scans of the alleged aliens to the Congress, stating that the beings once had large brains and eyes and have no relation to human beings. He claims regarding the non-human remains have been disputed in the past. In 2017, he said that similar specimens also recovered from Peru were proof of aliens. Scientists dismissed the bodies as mummified humans. Some social media users... Okay, hold on. Oh, yeah. Well, and then it just basically goes on to say that, like, they were making fun of the Mexican president because he, you know, is kind of eccentric when it comes to things like that like didn't mm-hmm. he uh say he had photo evidence of like an elf-like creature like oh, i don't know elf. i hadn't heard yeah, that. that that was also a thing i remember um but yeah i mean and then it just kind of goes on to say that like yeah like the uptick in ufo phenomenon here in the u.s and the u.s government kind of talking about it more i think maybe you know kind of 
alluding to a little bit what you said about like the hold U.S. talking about it and yeah, Mexico being like, hold my beer. Um, it did say, I think I was reading this other article that said uh, they did like DNA testing and stuff. Oh, what and also, sorry to reference, I was reading an article from the Washington Post, but I mean, there's plenty of places that are writing about it also. Uh, but I think it was another article or comment or something um, that said that they did like DNA testing and 30% was unidentifiable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I heard that as well. And then I also saw that they were talking about <clears throat> that they did x-rays. Yeah, they had done X-rays and that they saw like fallopian tubes or something oh. filled with eggs. Oh, really? Yeah, and the the rib cage was a complete circle, so it wasn't the way huh. ours. So our rib cage at the very top it comes together at the sternum, and the sternum yeah. goes down to a certain point, and then I think up. it's like yeah, the last couple ribs are kind of just floating there, mm-hmm. and the the ribs also it's pretty much all bone except for the part that actually connects to the rib like connects that half or whatever of the rib to the actual sternum is cartilage hmm. so it's kind of you know i think from what i what i had seen or heard these uh bones that are the the rib cage that this had was a full circle like it was completely enclosed and it was all the way around there were rings oh I guess. what the fuck yeah and the spine um, is just like attached to the back. I f- yeah, I, I forgot. No, no, no. I mean, in the sense that, like, maybe it's attached to the spine and then it connects Comes fully to the front. Yeah. You know, not like ours. ours. It's kind of just floating there. The last yeah. couple ribs are just floating, and then the rest is by cartilage and stuff. I think these are complete rings. And then something about the hands as well. I don't remember if they said that they don't have. Like all the little Joints. metatarsals, like all the yeah. little bones oh, okay. that we do uh-huh. and stuff. I think that it did also didn't have that. It was just com- kind of complete. Used. Yeah. Mm. Uh, so mm. it was very weird. So like whatever they, they saw. Their hands would be like. Like doing this like, kind of stuff. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. But I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's hard to say, you know, you kind of want to think it's you know you want to believe it's real just because yeah. it'd be kind of crazy um i thought I it was, was oh huh? I, was just gonna, I thought it was hilarious that they looked like et yeah because they do have like a, a cone head kind of back or like a, a long, elongated head backwards that yeah small face long skinny neck like yeah and their eyes look really big but then because of the, the way it's preserved, it's kind of you know a little slits in the in the eyes. eyes. Um, what else did they say? I'm trying to think. I, I was I don't know if we talked about it here or if this was one of the discussions that I had with with Tito. And I know that I asked because he asked me about it yesterday, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, like what I thought, and I was like, I don't know. It sounds it's it sounds kind of crazy. Um, and I mean, if they what the testing that they did is true it's interesting that 30 percent is it's not only that it wasn't it's unknown but it was something that supposedly i think from what i read isn't found here like they they we don't have anything here on earth that is mm. compa- comparable or whatever to whatever the material that unknown material is i guess that's why it's unknown material um <laughs> but i want to say that 
again, either I had a conversation with him about it or we had we had discussed it about something similar that was found uh, in either southern South America or somewhere in Mexico. But he said that they were different. But I remember them being like it was supposed to be like these mummies that they found that were very reptilian shaped and so that they thought they were reptilian mummies Mm -hmm. you know um but he says that they're different so i i don't know i just don't remember like 100 percent the conversation that we had had about it yeah well i mean i did say that that they had found others in peru so Mm -hmm. but i don't even i like i kind of want to google that because i don't think i had even heard of that either so i don't know interesting uh, yeah. i definitely want to read up more on it and see if further testing is done and you know what what they come or what comes of it mm-hmm. we'll see. let me see let me see something real quick hold on <laughs> it's because tito said that they kind of look like middle school projects middle school art oh, projects yeah yeah I, I, some I, some comment that i read said that that it was like a paper mache like elementary school <laughs> art project do you know who Eric Von Daniken is? Ufologist? I don't know. I don't know. It sounds very familiar. It's because he tells me uh, the, that that guy I'm supposing, Hyman Mousen, uh, oh, Masan, uh, he said that he's been after proof for like 40 years. He says he's the Mexican Eric Von Daniken. Like Chariots of the Gods. Ah, he's the author of Chariots of the Gods. That's why I know mm. that name. I've never read the book, but I I read or just heard, heard a lot of people reference, yeah, reference mm. the book, and obviously they say his name um, with it. Yeah, so you beat me to it. I was gonna bring that up as well because <laughs> I just saw it recently. It's like, oh, this is gonna be a good topic for the podcast. Yeah, no, for sure. And I wanted to try and get some alien uh, stories, stories just to kind of tie it in, but. I did not. They're all paranormal. Well, cryptid or like some sort of something. Um, oh, I got a real good one that's gonna that you're gonna love. Better not be one that I picked. I hope I hope it's not. <laughs> um. Well, mm, I'll, go, I'll first. go first. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I was gonna say I think you went first last time, so yeah, I'll go first. Um. So this one is is by according. According underscore painter 589 uh, title is this is something that happened to me a handful of years ago and popped into my mind and can't find anything about it. It's kind of short, but it says so a bunch of years ago when I was around 15, I was having things start happening and didn't know what any of it was. The one thing that I want to say or ask, which has been on my mind to try and figure out is this. It happened a couple of nights, not quite back to back, but I had this little creature jump up at the foot of my bed. I can't really describe it too well as it's years back now, but it had a higher pitch voice, not quite like a kid, but not quite like a grown up either. But the biggest thing that it would do is ask me questions throughout the night. The biggest one that it would ask me about was my name which I did not say any of those times it asked, and would always tilt its head whenever it asked it. It would never really move out of that spot and would always be around the same time. There were times that I was trying to fall asleep and ignore it uh, and pretend that it wasn't there, but then it would keep asking me more questions like, do you hear me? Are you tired? Are you trying to sleep again? Again, I was... (laughs) 
I wouldn't answer it at all this time. The last time I remember seeing it was when I was starting starting to respond by saying, hi there, I don't want to talk tonight, maybe some other time. It didn't say anything and it just felt it staying and I just felt it staying there. I don't remember anything else with it after that. I know I'm also new here, but I want to mainly see if anyone else has had something similar because I want to find out what it could have been. My wife says maybe a fairy or a fae, but I feel like it looked way different than what they would look like. Um, and people are like, can you describe how it looked? And he said, I wish I could remember exactly how it looked, but the biggest feature was the longer than normal ears and just a small figure like head was just over the bed, which would have been about three feet roughly. So it's like literally just like peeking at the foot of his bed. Yeah. That's disturbing. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what I was kind of thinking too, that it was fae, um, Mm -hmm. or like some sort of fairy. I know, or like a duende or, you know, I I think those are all like some sort of like fae. Earthly creature. Yeah. Like a, not, yeah. Not necessarily a ghost. Yeah, and that's the thing is people always assume or, you know, people um, have this image of a fairy in their head. So when somebody says, oh, maybe it was a fairy or a fae, then they automatically think like Tinkerbell or something. But that's not necessarily the case. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, that's what it sounds like to me, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of writing, too, that describes fairies in a not cute, beautiful way. Like they're Mm kind of creepy looking, too. so yeah, I mean, I I definitely think it was something like that, and and yeah, it's so weird that it just kept asking it his name or their name, um, and someone's like, "Good on you, not saying your name." I'm like, I wonder if they somehow like have power over you if they know your name. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if there's any lore about that, but yeah, that one was kind of short. But I was just like, the thought of something coming to visit me every night and like talking to me, not let me sleep. Yeah, seems annoying. <laughs> <laughs> If you guys do want to learn a little bit more about fairies and fays, we also have a deep dive if you want to go check that out if you haven't already. Uh, and we describe there a little bit more about the different kinds of fae and fairy that there are, not just the Tinkerbell ones that you're used to hearing about. Because there's yeah. good and bad fae. Yep. Or are they all just a little mischievous? True. Are they like Sour Patch Kids? Could be sour First or sweet. First sour, then they're sweet. Sarah Patch Kids. Um, <clears throat> so one or two. Just give me a number. One or two. Two. All right. Um, this one is also super short, like super short. And this is from Implement Effective 32. Experiences of my mom, a nurse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So her mom, their mom was a nurse. I have a nurse so, one too. Sorry. But it's so my <laughs> So my mother was a nurse for many years, 20 plus. We lost her eight years ago. She spent many of those years working in nursing homes and obviously people passing there. So death wasn't foreign to her. And she had some very cool experiences. And that's why I chose this one because I was like, oh, Mm. I connected with this one a lot. The first that that comes to mind was seeing the Grim Reaper. Her and her friend both claimed to have seen it, but it didn't look like a skeleton in a cloak and a scythe. Apparently, it would change appearance. Most of the time, it would appear as a tallish man in old-time clothes, all black, with a tall black hat like Lincoln's, but not as tall. 
or it would appear as a little girl, almost looked like Shirley Temple. Hmm. Whichever form, they'd always see it at night, walking down a hallway, usually right before a patient would pass away. Another experience convinced my mom there is indeed an afterlife. She was caring for an old lady shortly before she passed a peach-colored light that seemed to emanate from the wall at the end of her bed. But my mom said there was no lights in the room that could create that kind of colored light. The light faded away just as the lady slipped away. There was also plenty of times when she would hear things like conversations, but she worked night shift, so when everyone was asleep, she would try to look to see if anyone was there, but no one was. Mm. And that's it. <laughs> that was literally super short. Um, yeah. But I liked it because I feel like I've seen, well, I've seen a tall man in uh, not necessarily old-timey clothes, huh? Oh, with a suit and a hat? With a suit. I don't remember. I don't think he had a hat, but I know for sure he had a suit on. And he mm-hmm. was kind of tall and thin. Um, and there was also that one, you know, little legend of the girl that lived or the little girl oh, that yeah. was in um, Hall 4. Mm-hmm. And that one time that that patient was on, like, you know, passing away, uh, I saw that gold light come in through the yeah. door, which in my case, there could have been a way that a light could have come through that door, but you know not like that it not like that yeah and you and you would have so, noticed it happen like previous times if it every was time passing by. yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah so when she like mentioned those when she mentioned those things uh it really struck a chord with me because I, I felt i felt like i had lived all those things before you know what i mean yeah no definitely that yeah it does sound familiar from the the stories that you you shared and I feel like I have heard or yeah, like I don't know. I guess I wonder like is death like a like just one kind of like entity or is it that like death is kind of like your loved ones coming back to like guide you mm-hmm. over, you know what I mean? Like we always think like a grim reaper like it says in the story, right? But yeah, what if it's just your loved ones coming to to greet you and take you over? Like that is actually what death looks like and that's why it could look like a man with a top hat or a little girl or yeah i don't know yeah no i mean it's it's crazy because again um working in the nursing home i know and i've mentioned it plenty of times that that one time the lady was saying that her husband was working Mm -hmm. or doing his rounds and we ended up losing three patients uh within those next couple of weeks and then after that she didn't mention him being there anymore so you know could just be somebody that the other side sent over to come pick up some more people you know and because he was familiar with the place he probably could have uh just been like yeah i'll 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 go get these people i know who they are yeah you know Mm -hmm. yeah let's see why not well, mine is also kind of a nursing home nurse story as well. Um, let's see. This one is by Pink, Pink's Death, P-I-N-X-X, Death. <laughs> it says, my workplace is haunted. Now what? Hello. I'm a nurse working mainly night shifts in a home for the elderly. 
There are two of us in the building in the night, and each has their own floor, and there are 80 elderly in our home. Yep. Is that? Yes. Is that? Yes. 80 That's... people and only two nurses? Yep. That's, That's how we, we had up to 95, I believe, patients at one time. That's and I crazy. remember me alone, I had like 45 patients. Holy shit. I had two halls to take care of. Usually in the daytime, they used to have like one hall, one nurse per hall. And then they were trying to cut back. And, or when our census was lower, they would do three nurses. So one, one nurse had X number of patients. So they had one hall and a half. Then mm. the other nurse had one hall and a half. And then the other nurse... The last nurse might uh, do just one hall because they had the, like the Medicare hall or whatever. So yeah. it could be a little bit more crazy sometimes. But yeah, uh, at That's night crazy. it was two nurses, uh, and you had to split them, uh, yeah. split the, the patients. Or usually it was just like you know, I took hall one and two, you take hall three and four, and then the messed up thing is the CNAs. The CNAs uh, when the when I first started we had. Um, I think it was six CNAs total, mm-hmm. and then um, or it might have even been two CNAs per hall, and then uh, then when this the new company took over, uh, they completely cut back, and we had like one CNA per hall. And that was not enough. And then eventually, because we were having a lot of issues, they they got one more CNA as a floater, so she would kind of just float around. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's how bad it is. At least when when I worked, I don't know if it's changed at all now. Yeah. Well. Yeah, there are two of us in the building in the night, as each has their own floor, and there are eighty elderly in our home. That's crazy. And yeah, apparently common. <laughs> yeah. Um. Recently, we've had a lot of uh. And I was going to ask you about this because I'd never heard of it before. Palliative patients? Yeah, it's kind of like it's kind of like hospice. Yeah, patients awaiting death, badly sick patients. Mm-hmm. Um, but I never heard that word. Anyway, we've also had a few deaths in the last month, as expected, of course. As of lately, night shifts have become unbearable. Many of our patients scream throughout the night and barely get any sleep, ranting about seeing figures standing over them or talking to them, calling their names and saying hello. Tonight, I was sitting in our little nurse point in the dark. That's your first mistake. (laughs) Um, My desk light turned on overseeing halls in three directions, typing something into my computer. I heard a woman say hello to me, and I look up, and everything was still and eerie. I went out and checked the halls, and still nothing. I brushed it off. Maybe I was tired. I sat back down. Not a minute passes, and someone grabs my shoulder. I jumped out of my skin, and there is no one behind me. No one near me. I nearly pissed myself. I ran quickly down to my co-worker, and she was sitting pale in her nurse station, completely still. She looked at me and told me she had someone calling her name out of the quote-unquote death room that that's what we call the room where the dead are brought to await funeral services she said she watched the door which was tightly shut slowly open and then she heard the call needless to say we're both scared to death huddled in the common room going out to rooms together 
What should we do? Is there any way to calm things down? We're practically unable to work out of fear, and there's just too many people to tend to. Should we go around with a cross, light a candle? We're afraid, and we need help. Calling for help is useless, as they'll make fun of us if we do. So, we're practically stuck. Please help us out. Or someone was like, the only thing more terrifying is the nurse to patient ratio. Godspeed, Godspeed, brave soul. Yeah, and it's and 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 then it sounds like it's literally only them. Yeah, it doesn't sound like they have CNAs. CNAs. So that that would extra suck because I couldn't imagine being there. Then I honestly, I would probably call Safe Harbor. You can call in the the like the board of nursing. And just be like, hey, I'm a, I'm asking for safe harbor, and basically, you would have you would probably I think still continue your shift, but if anything happens, you wouldn't be really held responsible. Responsible, yeah, because of this unsafe working conditions. <clears throat> yeah. I don't know if I have that exactly right, um, but I just tr- never tried to put myself in a situation like that. I know one guy that I used to work with said that he used to be the only nurse for the entire facility. That's insane. And I was like, that's stupid. Because uh, as it is, just being the only two nurses could be kind of hairy sometimes. Um, but the thing is, a lot of times, most of the patients are asleep, but you do have quite a few that don't do, you know, they don't, you know. So yeah. uh, I don't know. And then. We didn't have that death room thing. That was that's kind of interesting too. I was reading in the in the comments there, like that. I guess in some some nursing homes or hospitals, that when people pass, they open up a window, and or will like light a candle. Which I feel like lighting a candle in like a medical facility like that is not safe. But but yeah, opening up a window. Did you guys ever do that at all, or to Mm-mm. to let the spirit out? Spirit kind of out? Thing? No. Yeah. Huh. Someone was like, "Yeah, we do that," and the the original or the OP was like, "Oh yeah, and we light a candle." I'm like, "Is that safe to do with like oxygen tanks and stuff?" Um, I mean, if uh, I don't think we usually have anybody light candles. Yeah. Um, but as long as I guess they're not in the vicinity or in the room, mm-hmm. it's fine, I guess. But if somebody has oxygen, like it, it's a no open flame. Yeah. <clears throat> and we usually avoid people using petroleum-based products as well if they're on an O2. Mm, makes sense. Yeah. But yeah, that was crazy. Yeah. I love how we both uh, synced in a nursing, nursing. nursing stories today. So my dying fiance saw people I couldn't by Marissa, uh, Marissa M. It's M A R I S S A A A A M or something. It's like four A's. Um, possibly we'll see. I was with my fiance for almost twelve years before he was diagnosed with stage four cancer. God damn it, man! Towards the end, he was sent home from hospital and put on in-home hospice care. It was only a matter of time. The first night home, after everyone visiting had left, I was home alone with him. I could tell he was slowly losing his mind. The cancer had spread because he was saying things that didn't make sense. For example, he would pick up an imaginary item and hadn't said item to me and say, here, put this in your purse. (laughs) 
it, re- it reminds me of a boy meets world thing where like when old couples they say here here take this put it in your purse oh. the old man tells the old lady <laughs> mm-hmm. anyways i was sitting in a chair next to the hospice bed when he said why is she here while looking past me i asked who and he said your gram My grandmother lived where we lived. We moved in after she was put in an assisted living facility because she had dementia. And she passed away in 2017. I told him to follow her and see what she wanted, but he got so scared saying he doesn't want to go. Imagine, dude. If if he would have followed her, he would have, you know. Gone then. Yeah. The next night, sitting next to him, he asked me, who are they? I asked who, and he said, in the hallway but nothing was there. A few nights later, he saw my grandmother again. This time, he wasn't scared, but I didn't press him further considering his mentality was still declining and he would get easily agitated. I guess his, you know, mental state was declining and he would get easily agitated. I remember thinking, of all people, why is he seeing my gram and not any of his deceased relatives or friends? He passed away the next morning, holding my hand and surrounded by family. As if it all wasn't creepy to begin with, he died on the fourth anniversary of my grandmother's death. It's been two years since he passed, and I still sense him, especially at night when I'm in bed. I feel him in the corner of the room, just watching me. Sometimes I'll say out loud, please don't scare me, and I'll feel, him, I'll feel his presence walk across the room and out the door. I have since moved and I sense him there as well. I don't exactly see him, but I know exactly how he's dressed and how he looks now. He looks healthy again, like his old self. I'm wondering why he hasn't moved out on moved. I'm sorry. I'm wondering why he hasn't moved on, but my guess is he's waiting to make sure I'm truly okay and happy. And then somebody said, totally normal. I was an oncology nurse for years and sat with a lot of dying people. Everyone saw someone. Some would even introduce me to the people they saw. I couldn't see them, but you could feel them. I responded as, I responded as if it were completely normal. It was. And everyone was happy. That is interesting that it was her grandmother. Like, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I don't know. I'm like thinking, well, I don't want to think too hard about it because then I'll start crying thinking if like it was like Carlos and I kind of thing. But mm-hmm. um. I don't know. That'd be so hard. Like I would want to know like, well, what is she saying? What is she doing? Uh, But then knowing that, you know, the cancer is probably also just messing with his mind. But then like, why my grandma, you know, why not? Like she said, like his family members or something. It's well, interesting. I also wonder too. I also wonder too, like maybe what kind of relationship they had, because if, for example, the roles were switched, right? And, and she was, and Valeria was the one that was in that situation where she was the one passing away or whatever. And she saw grandma. I wonder if grandma would come to her because they had a pretty good relationship. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They got along. They always talk, they talked to each other. And, you know, uh, I could tell grandma really liked her. Because mm-hmm. you could tell when grandma liked people and when yeah. she didn't like people. It's very and, obvious. Yeah. And I felt like grandma really genuinely loved her. 
and uh and i know valeria really loved grandma too just because of you know how when i couldn't take care of grandma because i i still had to work the the next night and dad and ruth were at work valeria would go in the morning or i would take valeria over there and uh valeria would take care of her you know when i really couldn't and dad and, and ruth couldn't and um and when grandma passed, I know, you know, when we were driving back, she broke down too. So I know they had a good relationship. So I, I wonder if something similar w- was like happened, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. or maybe they had a really good relationship and that's why she came to him or something, you I know, mean, instead yeah. of his family. 12 years together, I would assume that, yeah, like he was familiar with the grandma. Mm-hmm. But- yeah, I don't know. That's sad to think about. And I <laughs> don't yeah. want to like dwell on it every too long. Yeah. yeah. Just with that title, I was already like, and uh, I'm going to cry. Well, got the last story here. I have one more that I want to tell. And we okay. can end on that one. Okay. Okay, that's fine. Oh, you're, that's your last story. It's yes, it's mine. <laughs> uh, so this one is by Any Landscape 4445. It's called, Did My Friend's Doppelganger Just Try to Kill Me? Did my friend's doppelganger just try and kill me? And is it about to succeed on another friend of mine? Happened last week, but the situation is still ongoing. I pranked my friend, G, uh, in quotes, obviously they're not going to be using anybody's real name. So I pranked my friend, G, by stealing his phone and returning it the next day. It was all good, some laughs and high fives. The next day, G approached me, asking me to ride with him to look for his phone, the same phone that I had pranked him with, that he had lost it in a motorcycle crash the night before. He has bruises and wounds all over his face, like between his eyebrows, his nose bridge, and upper lip, so like he got fucked up, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, he was very persistent, but also polite, but I can feel something different. He can't look straight to my face, and he was stuttering, and... Uh, And he points to the direction where he crashed and lost his phone when I asked him, instead of saying the name of the place. It's a small town where everyone knows everyone and everybody knows the whole place. I just asked him whose motorcycle did he use, and he said it was Jay's. Jay is another friend. And he said it was damaged so bad. Please remember the part about Jay's motorcycle. And also, by the way, I just kind of laughed it off with my mom how can one get those frontal bruises from an off-balance motorcycle accident, as he claims? I would imagine he, I would imagine, like, erased dim- dimples and sideburns. You get it? Wait, what? How can one get those frontal bruises from an off-balance motorcycle accident? Like, hitting his face? Like, that is perfectly possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. Like I don't if know. he rolled, like if he hit a rock or a tree, or like, I mean, it's possible. Bruises from an off balance more than I would imagine, like erased dimples and sideburns. You get it? I don't get it. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, I said I can't go with him, and he was pleading. Then my mom came out. I said, I can't go. I got some errands to run with mom. He looked surprised, as if he didn't expect I was with anybody. 
He was clearly disappointed and left. Then I thought it was going to be a normal evening, but the next night I came upon G with a clean face, no bruises, and the phone in his hands. I couldn't process it. I went home still dumbfounded. Then bad news came. My buddy Jay got in an accident. Pictures came in from when he was taken to the ER and now in the ICU. He has the same frontal wounds, forehead, nose bridge, lips, all of that. He was alone that night. About the part with Jay's motorcycle and why I'm connecting this with me is because of the doppelganger uh, directly said that he crashed said motorcycle and just brushed it off. He was using Jay's motorcycle that night, but when I looked and asked, Jay's bike was sold long ago. I still want my friend Jay to survive just because, but also to confirm that he was with G that night of the accident. It was a freaky accident, by the way. I can explain in the comments. Of course, it's kind of like one that you said. Mm-hmm. Um, edit, I think I should add, yes, the doppelganger had the same moon patterns on his face as Jay. And yes, the fake G asked me to help find his quote-unquote lost phone and pointed me in a direction, the place where Jay crashed the same night. Uh, <laughs> the first comment was like, please explain further. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, all they say is that they talked to G, the the person who supposedly had a banged up face, and yeah, they, they didn't have any bruising, and they denied ever talking to, to them that day. Um, and yeah. And the the Jay, the guy who actually did get into the car accident, is is still in a coma. Um, so was he like? Was he trying to get him to go to have an accident, or was he trying to tell him, "Hey, your friend had an accident. Go check him out." That's what I am thinking. I like I I wouldn't have thought. Oh, he's trying to kill me. Like I thought that was a little dramatic. Um, I could I could get maybe like the sense of unease, like if your mm-hmm. friend comes up to you with like a banged up bruised face. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but yeah, that just kind of sounds to me like, hey, go over there because another friend has just gotten in a motorcycle accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and whoever was trying to warn him just used his friend's kind of appearance yeah. to make it easier for him to. I don't know. It's like they used the wrong for Yeah, it it was it was kind of weird. And I definitely don't agree with the title and like what ensued. Uh, That to me seemed more like a warning than a trying to kill her or them. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a guy or girl, but um, yeah, I I don't know if I would. No, I probably would. I was gonna say I don't know if I would follow a friend. I, I well, I, I think I would be more like, fuck your phone, dude. Like your face is all fucked up. You need to go to a hospital. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or be like, you know, where's where's the bike? Like what like let's figure this shit out kind of thing. I, I don't think I would blow off a friend ca- that came to me like all fucked up and be like, Oh well, I gotta go run errands with my mom. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Like And and I think mom would be like, Let's go find your friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, or, or let's go, you know. Get you to a hospital or yeah, like. Something. Yeah, I don't something. know. Something. Yeah. Yeah. No. The whole. Just got to go run errands and 
the jumping from zero to a hundred, like, oh, this doppelganger is trying to kill me. I'm like, what? But I yeah. feel like that was kind of more of like an attention grabbing, so you would read the the story, Clickbait. and it and it fucking worked because I read it. <laughs> All right, you're gonna love this one. Uh oh, it's gonna bring back flashbacks. You ready? I don't know. Am I? Probably not. <laughs> this is uh, from Schechter two underscore two three. I'm pretty sure my old house was haunted or something. So I had this old townhouse that I lived in for a couple years in Florida on Tyndall, Tyndall Tyndall Air Force Base. Apparently, there was there were old burial grounds discovered on Tyndall. True story. Google it. In parentheses. While we, wife and I, lived there, we experienced some stuff we never really got answers for. These stories are completely true. (laughs) One night, we're sitting in the living room, which is connected to the kitchen where our side entrance door was. Roughly 10 p.m. or so. All of a sudden, we hear our kitchen door slam shut, hard enough to shake the windows. After a few minutes of us being of us both sitting there collecting ourselves, we go check the door. Not only was there no damage, the door was locked and dead bolted shut. There was no way someone could have opened it without breaking in, and they certainly couldn't pick the lock or something and then lock it again after they panicked and slammed the door. This was over a decade ago and we'll still and we still occasionally bring it up in disbelief that it happened. Especially like the, not only the lock, maybe you could lock it again, but the deadbolt. There's no Mm -hmm. way you could have put the deadbolt back. Um, Second one, I didn't experience myself, but I was home when it happened. I was again sitting in our living room playing some video games. Wife was in the bathroom down the hall. Our bedroom was directly across from the bathroom. Wife comes out where I was with a terrified look on her face. She said she saw me walk by the bathroom where she tried to get my attention, but I ignored her and walked into the bedroom. She followed me in there, but there was nobody. I was still out playing games. She was incredibly freaked out, but I swore to her I'd never move from the couch. This last story probably freaked me out the most and makes me think it was a poltergeist or something. (laughs) We were laying in bed, about to go to sleep. It's pitch black in our room. Can't see a thing. All of a sudden, we start hearing scratching coming from the closet (laughs) by the foot of the bed. We both get quiet and listen. The sound starts getting closer, scratching on the walls now. Now it's softly rattling, rattling the blinds in the window next to my side of the bed. At this point, we were in full blown nope mode and tried to ignore it. I bury my face in the pillow and try to go to sleep. No. A few minutes go by and then something lands on the back of my neck. Oh, God. I freak the hell out and do a smash grab and throw of whatever is on my neck and then run to the light switch. It was a cockroach (laughs) the size of my palm. Could be a massive coincidence that it landed in essentially the only exposed piece of skin I had between the covers and the pillow. But part of me thinks it might have been used to scare me, considering the other stuff we dealt with. That all—that's all I've got off the top of my head from the house. There was another time elsewhere, 
where I think I hit a ghost dog. I'll say that for later, though. Sorry for the book I just wrote, but thanks for reading. Feel free to ask questions. But I generally don't know much more beyond what what I already wrote. That is, yeah, I, I love how the first two stories that actually seem more paranormal were like, oh, yeah, whatever. Fucking roach on the back of the neck. I could feel it. My skin crawled. Fuck that. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't like it was they were they were decent. But yeah, just yeah. for that last story, yeah. I wanted oh my to God. That was good. share it with good. you. And if you guys have absolutely no idea what we're talking about, because this is your first episode you're listening to. I had a roach experience very similar that I thought was paranormal. Then we discovered it was a giant roach. And then I kind of really wished it was fucking paranormal because I would take a ghost over a roach all day, every day. I cannot, I literally, when you said landed on the back of my neck, I I can feel it and I fucking hate it. Like it's, ugh, that would, that, that is my nightmare. Yeah. That's why I feel like my body knows, like if I hear a roach, it just like, I'm awake and I'm like, there's something, there's something wrong. There's something off in the room right now. And it's not a ghost, yeah. it's a fucking roach. I like how you immediately knew to once you heard the scratching yeah. that it was a cockroach story. Well, right? Now, yes. Well, now that I, now that I know that it's ca- like perfectly capable to be able to hear a fucking roach. Like, I mean, I guess if you have like laminate or wood floors, but yeah, I mean, it's it's like I said too, like the one time where I think the roach was on the ceiling and I just heard like a little like like a splat, splat. not a, not a splat, plop. like a, yeah, plop, I guess, because it didn't die, but like I heard it fall on the floor, and it was weird because I was still asleep, but I heard it, and then my eyes popped open because I'm like, that's a fucking roach, like my, I don't know, I don't, I don't know how I knew, but I was still asleep. <laughs> Your primitive and the, instincts kicked seriously, in. Seriously, like, there's a fucking roach in here, and sure enough, there is a roach. But, and same with this, like, little scratching. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, if I hadn't told you that that you were going to identify it with the experience or whatever, would you have would it connected the dots right away? I don't. With the scratching? Well, yeah. No, I don't think I would have. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have said anything. No, no, no. It was good because I still had the same. I, I Yeah. Probably would have had... <laughs> A better reaction you telling me this because I already knew what was um, coming. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> the other thing that I that I found kind of crazy too was the the doppelganger thing that where they saw the the husband go into the or the wife saw him go into the room because I had something similar happened. I don't know if I've talked about it on here before, but um, it was a year where dad and mom had gotten me a camera for Christmas, a, a thirty five millimeter camera. And I was like super into taking pictures and stuff. And we were at the Atrui's house and everybody was outside. But for some reason I was inside. And you know that little computer room that's there? Uh, it's like the living room at the Atrui's house. Oh, the Atru- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so a little computer room. Down the hall, um, like immediately to the right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, like I said, nobody was inside. And for some reason it was like a, it was really dark. In, in the house. Uh, but it, we were there for Christmas or Christmas Eve or something like that. And I swear to you, I saw Tia, Tia Carmen walk into the room. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was weird because I was like, why is she walking into the room? Because there's nobody in here and the room is dark. Why would she walk into a dark room? Yeah. So I start walking over there to be to ask her, well, what are you doing here? Well, what, what's going on? 
And so I walk over to the room and there's just literally nobody in there. Hmm. And so I had my camera with me and I was just like, I took a a picture. Nothing, I don't think, came of it. Or I didn't, like, I was expecting to see something, you know. Like a blur or like a mist or something. But I didn't see anything. Uh, I never really looked at the photo again and just really looked at it and maybe seen something off in one of the corners or something like that. Yeah. But um, I just, I didn't know what I was looking for back then. I just took the picture and hoped I would see something crazy, but obviously I didn't. But yeah, it was, that was like one of the times where I saw somebody walk into a room, like go to the room and nobody's there. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like the older I get, the more that I, I really believe in like, um, residual energies i guess are like uh i don't know like something just replaying you know if it's done multiple times or just a moment that maybe has a lot of like is very emotionally charged i guess can have mm-hmm. um like this weird loop i mean stone tape theory basically yeah um, kind of kind of situation um i know we always kind of like joked about it but yeah, I don't know. I I think it's plausible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah. Well, that's all I got for you. Well, that's all I got. I'm trying to think if I have anything. Oh. Um, spooky to share. Oh, I went to the I went to the Stanley Hotel again. Oh yeah, yeah, um, I saw that. Yeah, of. But, of course, like, couldn't do any sort of, like, ghost tour or (laughs) investigating or anything, yeah. Um, I will say, like, I don't know if I said before how, um, like, you walk in and it's, like, kind of stepping back in time. Like, they've left it very, like, vintage-y and, like, old, like, super Mm -hmm. old-timey. Uh, like they still have, like, the on the back of, like, where you would check in, like, the keys and stuff, like, hanging. It's really cool. Um, this time I didn't go up the stairs to to and see the the portraits, but I mean I had already done that. But there's definitely like a something in the air, I guess, if that makes sense. Um, but I mean, obviously, yeah, I didn't really experience anything creepy. Yeah. Um, I always get confused. Sorry, uh, if that was where they recorded, where they filmed the movie, or if that's what there was based off of. So I was telling Valeria, and I had to Google, Google it. it, and I was like, "Oh wait, that's what like the movie is kind of based off of." That's where he wrote. Hotel. He wrote the book. Or he wrote the book. Oh, yeah. okay. But inspired, I guess, by the hotel kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because there's a lot of. Oh, I didn't even know this, but uh, well, obviously, the the Shining was inspired. By, but they have a lot of like the shining like memorabilia and stuff uh-huh. like that uh, but also dumb and dumber was filmed there um and so the there's a lot scene of... where they go into the where they're in the tuxedos the orange yeah. and blue tuxedo yeah and i now i want to like rewatch it but yeah i didn't i didn't know that um and they have this weird like basement area where you can you can go under they have like a little chocolate shop and stuff but i don't know if it's just because it's technically like underground and the ceilings are lower it just feels so claustrophobic yeah a little bit uh, and they have like a whiskey uh like a whiskey Tavern. bar kind of thing yeah mm-hmm. um but super cool i mean at colorado just feels 
magical as far as the land is concerned. Like Denver City itself just feels like another big city and it's kind of a lot. But if you go like go to Estes Park or Boulder, like kind of out more closer to the Rockies, it's super beautiful out there. And I actually felt cold weather and I was like, God damn, it was such a nice break from 100 degree weather. But I guess I brought the cold front with me because we've gotten some rain and it's like staying under the hundreds. So that's been nice. Well, we're supposed to get rain Saturday. We'll see. Well, all right, guys, if you would like to contact us, check out our website at webelievedu.com. On the website, there's a tab where you can find all our social media. So make sure you go like, follow and share on Facebook or Instagram. There's also a listen tab where you can listen to the show directly on our website or click the link to your favorite podcast listening site, such as Spotify and Apple Podcast. You can also give us a five-star rating on Apple, which helps us move up the ranks so more people can find us. And if you leave a review, we will read it here on the show. If you want any of our merch, feel free to check out our merch tab where you can find a variety of designs on t-shirts, caps, and hoodies designed by Michelle herself. There's also a donate button if you really want to help us out. And finally, if y'all want to reach us, besides DMing us on social media, you can click on the Contact Us tab where you can write in telling us that you want to be interviewed. We can keep you anonymous and only share the information that you want. You can also send in your stories for our Stories by Strangeness, and if you send them in in Spanish, we can translate them for you as well. So don't be shy, guys. Share your stories with us, because we believe. Do you? Do you?